Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. Are we gonna love him or hate him? Here, Here comes the binge. binge. Hey everybody, welcome to a special edition of the Binge Movie Podcast, in which a couple of San Francisco homos talk about the latest movie theater releases from our own queer-ass perspectives. My name is Jason Leroy. My name is Rebecca Olarte, and today we have a very special episode, and it's all about our pick of the week, which is How to Be Single. Jason recently sat down with one of its writer-producers, Dana Fox, and had a very lively conversation about what makes How to Be Single stand out and the importance of voting with your dollars at the box office. Mm-hmm. Was that fun? Did you have a good time? I had a great time. And those of you who, who are longtime listeners might remember that when, um, when I showed up for our taping of the episode about the finest hours, that I was a little buzzed. Drunk. Yes. And that was because I had been buzzed doing the interview with Dana. <laughs> and so now <laughs> here we are. And whenever you hear the audio of this interview, you will hear that I am a little buzzed. Which I actually am again now, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I knew it. <sighs> okay, before we get to the interview, let's talk a little bit about the movie. Yes. So the movie is How to Be Single. New York City is full of lonely hearts seeking the right match. And what Alice, Robin, Lucy, Meg, Tom, and David, a lot of people, mm-hmm. all have in common is a need to learn how to be single in a world filled with ever-evolving definitions of love. Where are you going? I'm going home. I know breaking up sucks, but you know what's even worse? Wasting a night in New York City. Give it to me, I'm worth it. Let me teach you how to be single. Go get us some drinks. Okay. No, you don't buy the drinks. Boys buy the drinks. Not with this wallet. Okay. With the sausage wallet. This movie has like a crazy cast. Yeah. Yeah. Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson, Allison Brie, Rebel Wilson, and Leslie Mann are the four uh, female co-leads. And then uh, the dudes are played by um, Jake Lacey from Obvious Child and Carol. The Office. And Carol, yeah. Anders Holm um, from Workaholics and The Mindy Project. Damon Wayans from New Girl and Happy Endings. Uh, there's Jason Manzukis mm. uh, from Kroll Show, among other things. One of your favorite podcasts yes, right now. Yes, as, as well as How Did This Get Made. Uh, so, yeah, it's an incredible cast they put together for this movie, all bringing their comedy A-game. And there's a lot of actors, and I assume that means a lot of storylines. Mm-hmm. What keeps us falling into the trap of movies like Valentine's Day and New Year's <laughs> Eve? Oh, man, those. Yeah, those. Yeah, uh, so, the, those, so the thing that works about this movie is that it is, and this is a point I'll be returning to frequently, so fucking funny. Hey, this, like that. This is such a funny movie that when I was watching it, uh, my main reference in terms of just the pacing and rhythm of the humor uh, was Bridesmaids. Because oh. I remember the first time I sat down and watched Bridesmaids, just being like, wow, like they're they're not really sparing a second of this screen time. Mm-hmm. Like the the script is so lean with jokes uh, and you know jokes a minute, and clearly they did they did so many alt takes of all the jokes. They just right. had so many options, and they were able to just stand back and have this like fucking comedy cornucopia in front of them to be like, what's the very best that we can pick for everything? And that is how they shot How to Be Single too. Uh, they they did tons of alts. They did tons of writing jokes in the spot. They had tons of improv. And what you see when you watch this movie is just a full-fledged comedy mm-hmm. uh, that is just nonstop. It's just nonstop with the gags and the one-liners and the zingers and, and great funny people being funny. 
And uh, so, and that's what you don't have <laughs> in those right. sort of omnibus, um, big star-studded holiday movies uh, where you just have, it's more about like, oh, look, famous people. And mm-hmm. then there's not yeah. really a whole lot of other stuff going on. Um, so yeah, so this is, this is just a really funny, 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 funny movie. So it's weird in a funny movie, Dakota Johnson is in this and Mm -hmm. she, most people know her from 50 shades of gray. Yeah. How does she pull off this comedy escapade? So, uh, Ben and Kate, which was uh, a one season show on Fox that, that Dana Fox created and it starred nepotism. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, just suckling at the at the fox teeth, <laughs> um, and she uh, the movie uh, the TV show starred Dakota Johnson uh, before she was in Fifty Shades. So I think the first time I think you know, she'd had some bit parts here and there, and then she got the lead in Ben and Kate. And I watched every episode of that show, and I was a big fan of it, and very very sad uh, whenever it was axed. And uh, Dakota Johnson was playing a comedy role on that show. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I know everyone loves dumping on Fifty Shades, but I think she's fucking good in that movie. Like, I think that she brings a really just fresh, modern humor to the character. And uh, and so I think that the comedy is always there with her, uh, n- not least of which mm-hmm. whenever she was on the red carpet at the Oscars with Melanie Griffith, her mother, and had that moment, uh, that very, very tense Hilarious oh yeah, the mother daughter. Yes, the mother daughter. When the interviewer kept asking, like, "So, you know, Melanie Griffith, Fifty Shades of Grey, your daughter's in that. What do you think?" And, <laughs> and she was like, "I just don't know. I don't. I don't want to. I don't know if I'll ever see it. I don't know." And eventually, Dakota Johnson's just like, "Christ, Mom. Okay, we get it. You don't want to watch the movie. That's fine." <laughs> it was such a hilarious moment, and so I think Dakota Johnson just has great comic timing. I think that her and Dana Fox partner together really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they had a whole season under their belt of 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 Dakota reading Dana's material. And in this movie, they're just a dream uh, pairing. And you also have Rebel Wilson in here. Um, is she playing that sort of same character, same type of character that she plays in a lot of movies? You know, there are similarities, but the the, the problem that I have with people, uh, you know, saying that about Rebel Wilson, like, oh, she just plays the one character over and over again, is like, you know who else did that? Chris Farley. And no one ever accuses Chris Farley of like, oh, that guy was a hack. That guy had one character he did over and over again. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's very gendered criticism that like, hmm. oh, because she's a woman that like we're going to call out like, oh, well, she's, you know, she's a fat lady. And that's such a that's such a a, a, a joke that like we're going to say whenever we see her, we see that she is a large woman and we're just going to be like, oh, well, look, she's doing that joke again where she's a big lady. Mm-hmm. And it's the same joke every time. And I think they don't, you know, they don't see past that Chris doesn't see past her physicality to like just what manic comic energy she has and how she's just constantly innovating in every scene. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so I think that, you know, it is, uh, you know, a similar kind of brand of character that she has played in the past. That doesn't mean that she hasn't played the shit out of it. The, the other thing is that that uh, some, someone else who similarly gets that kind of criticism is Melissa McCarthy. Right, exactly. But, but it seems like in those two characters that they play, Rebel Wilson has a much more empowered Mm. perspective on on mm-hmm. who she is and, and who that character is right then say melissa mccarthy yeah absolutely i think that rebel wilson if she were to play um a doormat then I, it would be so crushing to see because i feel like mm-hmm. as as, mm-hmm. as much as people might want to write her off as like a one-trick pony which she is not she is a very gifted comedian uh i think that we all need her to be so powerful and so liberated when she's on screen and to be so like middle fingers up to everything around her right. and just like living her truth. 
And, uh, and that's definitely what she's doing and how to be single. So sometimes when we hit these movies that are our picks of the week, we forget to ask about the Bechdel test and the DuVernay tests. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you think about this one? Definitely passes the Bechdel. Uh, Excellent. You know, the movie is, is just a lot of women talking to each other. And, uh, and not, you know, and sometimes about dudes, sometimes not. Uh, it's really about the power of female friendship. Uh, so it's definitely not female friendship insofar as it pertains to talking about dudes. Okay. Um, this is a movie that understands that female friendship is more valuable uh, than, than fucking some guy. Uh, and then for the DuVernay test, it has at least one uh, sort of well-developed character of color played by Damon Wayans. Okay. Uh, so I'd say that it passes on both counts. Excellent. Um, but one one character, so it's not... Is he a token? Uh, no, I don't think he's token. He also has he has a daughter, okay. uh, and you know his race is not really brought up in the movie. Okay. Uh, so and and he's you know he's a love interest to Dakota Johnson, and uh, which is funny because he was just in Fifty Shades of Black, wasn't he? Was he? I mean, Marlon Wayans was. God damn it! Never mind. Racist. I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna cut that. <laughs> I know you will. Oh, sure. Make me look like an asshole, and you confuse all the Wayanses. Well, when you figure out how to use audition, you can make me sound like a fucking racist. Oh, <laughs> uh, we have fun. Knowledge is power. Yes, we have fun. Um, who is this movie for? Besides you and me and everybody listening to this podcast. <laughs> Well, so I think that, you know, people look at this movie and its title and its marketing as cast and assume that it is for women, specifically straight women. And I think that's just not true. Like, it's also for gay men. Yeah, it's also for gay men. <laughs> no, I think the surprising thing, and we'll, we'll touch on this in my conversation with Dana, is how much this is for straight guys, too. Because there are not enough things for straight guys. Um, <laughs> but in terms... Don't freak out, fellas. But in terms, of, in terms of the audience that kind of needs to embrace something for it to become a successful movie, mm-hmm. like, this movie is... is it's, it's like straight guy funny, as well as funny for those with a more discerning taste. Uh, it's like, you know, in the way that Bridesmaids, you know, sort of like cross the aisle to bring together all different audiences to all be like, this is hilarious. Mm-hmm. How to be single is the same way. This is not a movie that that fucks around with its humor. Um, like it, it goes hard on the funny. And so anyone expecting a, a sort of like a timid romantic comedy uh, with, uh, you know, a few jokes here and there, the bills are coming a mile away. Like, this is not that. This is a, a fast, aggressive comedy. And we're going to say binge it. It is the pick of the week. It's our pick of the week. Uh, and yes, binge it. Go see How to Be Single. And as we'll discuss uh, a bit later, uh, you should see it opening weekend because this is, a, for a brief moment of education from the binge, uh, opening weekend is what counts for movies and their box office performances. That's what the studios are looking at. Hmm. Um, it's not about like, yeah, longevity is great, but if a movie has a dismal opening weekend, uh, then it is, it's, it, then the, the, the studios start pulling the marketing for it and then it just dies, you know, on the branch. Interesting. Uh, so, uh, so I think it's, it's, it's important to go see a movie like this, especially a movie that is female driven a movie that is about an ensemble cast of women, a movie that has women who are working to create it, it's important to go see and support the movie opening weekend to send a message to the studios that like there is an audience for this and you should make more of it, please. We have another podcast coming out this weekend about some of the other movies that are coming out. And one of them that may 
be of interest to you is Zoolander 2 and we we just want to go ahead and spoiler alert this one that yeah. we give this one we give that a send it back so if you're at the terrible. theater and you're about to decide what yeah. to see and if you're thinking like oh I don't want to see a chick flick first of all you're a sexist uh, <laughs> and second of all how to be single is like a gazillion times funnier than Zoolander 2 uh, romantic subplots notwithstanding which Zoolander 2 has too, but you wouldn't think about that, would you? Because no. it's about a male protagonist. And so it's okay when those have romantic subplots. Because, exactly. Because it's not about a, a woman falling in love with a man. So, But not to attack the potential viewers of how to be single. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Enough of you talking to me. Let's shoot over to you talking to someone else. All right. Um, this is your interview with Dana Fox. Um, so first you start talking about the overall tone of the movie. Um, the movie as a comedy versus a romantic comedy. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you, you guys will hear some echoes uh, in this first clip, uh, which runs a few minutes because Dana is, uh, she, she is uh, an infectiously enthusiastic talker. And uh, once we got going, it was hard to find a stopping point. Uh, so here is our just straight out of the gate talk about how to be single. Well, hello, Dana. Hi, it's so nice to meet you. You're fantastic already, and oh you haven't gosh. even opened your mouth yet. It is so nice to be here with you. This is I was so excited when I saw that you were coming. So Yay. I'm glad we get to do this. Oh, me too. Uh, so one of the things that struck me when I was watching How to Be Single is how much it emphasizes the comedy part of romantic comedy. Like, the rhythm of the humor and the jokes is just so constant. And in a way that I feel like sets it apart from romantic comedies that are more happy to just have like a more gentle kind of undercurrent of humor. Oh, I'm so glad you noticed that. I mean, it's kind of important to me in a weird way to get the message out that this is a comedy first and yes. foremost. And you'll be surprised at how much heart there is in it and how much emotion there is in it. But mm-hmm. but first and foremost, it's a comedy. I mean, I think that, you know, not to be sort of overly feminist about it, but I, I do think the word rom-com has, mm-hmm. been, has been sort of like ghettoized and given this sort of bad name and then you and then you say rom-com but it's a little bit sexist it's like you say it it only about movies that star women absolutely i wanted to ask you if you would call it romantic comedy i don't want to like force that word on it no i would call it a comedy honestly and i think that um you know 40 year old virgin or knocked up like people called those movies comedies Mm -hmm. because it was guys right it was guys it starred men you know and they were by men and whatever and so it's like Mm -hmm. so it's like i think there is something that people do to women where they sort of want to put it in a box and it's Mm -hmm. like the minute a woman writes a book about anything involving relationships and all of a sudden it's chiclet but we never say dicklet no. and you know so it's sort of it's it's to me it's like a little bit sexist and our movie's a comedy you know and uh the jokes and the comedy were so important to all of us i mean mm-hmm. that was that was our mantra the whole time we were right. making the movie um is like we got to make this balls to the wall. We got to make this a comedy. Like the kinds of stuff that people are liking these days. It's like, it's it's bridesmaids. It's the Hangover. It's that kind of stuff. And so we really wanted to say like we're in that game. That's what this mm-hmm. is. Um, and to me, you don't make a movie called How to Be Single and not drop drop a bunch of f bombs and right. laugh at yourself and make fun of yourself a lot because what it means to be single is to sort of be out there like bumbling through in like a really embarrassing and sort of painful way. Right. And I felt like you know we got to be able to do that in an R-rated way because you know God bless the MPAA, I love them, but mm-hmm. like you can blow someone's brains out on camera and they're getting a PG thirteen. But the minute you talk about sex, you're in yeah. R territory. Mm-hmm. And it's like how can you make a movie called How to Be single and not talk about sex yeah. and not say bad words and not talk the way people really talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really wanted this to be kind of anthemic and like for a generation. Yeah. And so the comedy comes really quick because I think that's the way people talk these days. And yeah. I think that's the way they feel about their lives. And they're sort of steeped in all this, you know, 
cell phone and swipe this and Instagram that and my life exists on, you know, online and like it's like I can't even be in the moment because I'm on my phone and doing the thing. Right. So I was trying to kind of do like a bit of a mashup between, you know, Bridesmaids and Love Actually mm. and, you know, Woody Allen and this. You know, right. it's like it's kind of all here. Sex in the City, you know, right. a little bit, you yeah, know, no. like a new a new version of that in a way. I was reminded of Bridesmaids not in like the obvious cliche way, um, but only in the rhythm of the humor. That's what I was reminded of. Like I felt like when I was watching Bridesmaids, I was like, they are not sparing a second of this movie. Yeah, not and a I, goddamn and I second. Totally... I the same way watching this film that there was just like a joke every like just never let up. We weren't fucking around. No, yeah, we were like no. we're we're gonna have you laughing so hard that we want to ruin all of the jokes in the movie because you're laughing so hard you yeah. can't hear them, so you're literally forced to go see the movie again yeah. to yeah, catch the stuff <laughs> that you missed. Okay, yeah. good. I'm so happy you felt that way. And I didn't know the rating going into it either and whenever there was like a second fuck dropped I you was like, like oh, oh yay, thank we're god we're in R-rated territory thank this god. is gonna be a good movie right. we can and be then, real then, and then there was a boy ass and I was like this is fantastic oh like, good I'm so happy little, we like to give you a little butt thank little boy you. butt thank just to that. make yeah just to like give a little shout out you know out. compliments to the chef to, yeah uh, <laughs> tip, so. tip of the cap tip my the friend cap, tip of the cap to that oh that makes uh, me so happy but yeah you know I, I'm a really huge fan of obviously there are a bunch of women I'm a huge fan of Amy Schumer all these different people who are doing great work in comedy women but I'm also a big fan of like Paul Feig and mm-hmm. you know Judd Apatow right. and I, I really come from that same school of comedy of like you know you write the best scene you can possibly write you get as many good creative minds in there to make that special sauce mm-hmm. and so you have this incredible scene and hopefully you know the biggest compliment to the writing is if you get on set and it inspires the actors mm-hmm. to improv in a way that's better than what you had on the page right. and inspires you to come up with better stuff on the day than what's on the page. And there was an amazing screenwriter who was a producer on this movie, Katie Silberman. She mm-hmm. was there with me every day and we were on set. And so, you know, the way we would do it is we'd get to work and we would get the scene. And then the second we got the scene, we would start playing and we would start throwing jokes in and Katie would shout out a joke and I would mm-hmm. shout out a joke. And then one of the actors would come up with a joke and, you know, Leslie and Rebel and Dakota, yeah. these are like comedy all-stars like they're mm-hmm. incredible at improv yeah um and you know Allison Brie is incredible and so it's like you know you can you have these incredible tools and you can kind of build the moment on set mm-hmm. so that I hope what you feel when you see the movie and I don't know if this was your experience of it but that you feel like it's really real because it mm-hmm. was really real like it was yeah. happening in the moment I mean a little mm-hmm. example of that like Early on in the movie, you know, they wake up super hungover and right. Rebel has a joint stuck on her face. And yes. like that was a sort of a moment. And then in the movie, you sort of see that her, that it gets into her hair and she doesn't realize it's in her hair. <laughs> right. And she's like doing this weird bit where yes. she's sort of flipping this the joint around with her hair. And like that really happened. We didn't plan that. That was totally accidental. And the joint just got stuck in her hair. And she's just such a good actress and such a great <laughs> performer that she, she fucking went with it. And the joint was flopping around. And it was like you see it happening and you're like, oh, my God, it's gorgeous gold it's so good because sometimes you you can't plan the stuff that's and so like there's something kind of magical when you watch the movie that everything feels really real and like it's really happening because a lot of it was really happening in the moment yeah no i i I completely buy that and i I did absolutely pick up on that when i was watching it yeah i I mean and and for example the 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 taxi scene i mean i don't want to give a ton of stuff away but there's a moment where rebel sort of sort of crawls out of the back of a taxi and like there was a little bit of a line of action in the script that kind of suggested something funny Mm -hmm. but um you know rebel showed up that was her first day of work and we were all sitting by the monitor it was literally her first scene on her first day of work and we're watching it and we're sort of just expecting her to kind of get out of the car in a sort of semi-funny way and all of a sudden like the window goes down and rebel climbs out of the window and rolls on the street 
feet and like underwear hanging out, like, you know, ass to the wind. Like, and we're, we, we, we literally peed ourselves. I, I mean, I was pregnant at the time, so don't right, get me sorry. wrong. I was peeing Constant. myself basically all the time, Constant. but I really peed myself right. that night. Thanks I peed hard. myself. I'm crying. Race and like, horse. you're trying so right. hard to be quiet because like they're recording everything, but we were laughing so hard. The camera operator, a lot of the movies handheld. So it mm. feels really visceral. Yeah. I noticed that. I noticed that. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of a different style than you usually see. Yeah, these I was surprised movies. by that. that was a and Christian Ditter, the wonderful director and Christian Ryan, who is our amazing DP, these crazy Germans. We love them so much. God bless mm-hmm. them. You know, they, they were very creative and, and incredible about sort of making stuff feel really in the moment. Like you're there with these girls and you're mm-hmm. sort of in the journey. You're one of the other people in the movie. Right. Um, and I, and I love the way the movie looks because of, you know, their incredible talents, but you know, it, like truly it would ruin, it would ruin takes because the camera operator would be laughing so hard, you know, and Christian operates the camera a lot of times by himself, you know, on his own Christian mm-hmm. Ryan and the camera would just start shaking because like you, you didn't know rebel was going to do that. And like, God knows what's happening next. And so like, that was the kind of stuff that happened on this movie that where you were like, Holy shit, something really special is happening here. And we kind of all felt it in the moment that like we were catching lightning in a bottle. Wow. She sounds hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> she, she is, she is a very, very funny lady. And, and as you all can hear, she is, could not be more excited about this movie that she's made. And rightfully so, because she made a very, very funny movie and she just it gets so excited talking about it and hearing your thoughts on it, your responses to it. I'm sure that like if you guys go see it, just tweet her. Uh, her Twitter handle is at in the hen house <laughs> in the hen house. Oh, because uh, her last name is Fox. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so hit hit her up on Twitter. She she yeah she just loves 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 uh, uh, hearing people's thoughts in this movie because yeah as she's saying she's really really proud of it and she has a lot to say about it. And uh, in this next segment, there's an acronym uh, that I use LTRP, and I don't think I explained it, so I want to take a moment to explain it to you now. Uh, there's a scene in the film where Rebel Wilson and Dakota Johnson go to a sauna, and they're sitting there in their towels. And uh, in this, in, in the setup of the characters is that Dakota Johnson is uh, is recently single. Uh, she is, as the film begins, she is is graduating from college, and she decides that she and her longtime college boyfriend uh, should take a break from each other and just explore being single. And uh, and so she ends up in New York as like you know newly single by choice, and then eventually kind of not by choice. And so she's at the sauna with Rob Wilson, and Rob Wilson glances up her towel and says, "Oh no, you've got LTRP." Long-term relationship pussy. <laughs> and uh, so that's what LTRP means, and you hear us talk about it in this one. All right, let's give it a listen. I mean, I, there's a couple of things that I feel like are going to, that were, like, coined in this movie that, like, could catch on and have legs. Oh, I really hope so. Like, Which ones think, did you think well, were? Well, LTRP, I think, um, like, has that thing immediately. Um, everyone, like, is like, that's a real thing. It's a total thing. I mean, it goes either way. I think the P could just easily stand for pubes. Yeah. Just oh, in it, general. By it the be, way, like, just neutral. all pubes. Yeah, like, yeah. dude pubes, lady yeah, pubes. Absolutely. I should have I should have like, maybe changed it to pubes. That's yeah. absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, it's because real the worse than the Yeah, the manscaping is, like, super real. Absolutely. That's a real thing. Absolutely. So that's a real thing. And then dick sand. Oh, Dick Sand. I'm so glad you oh like Dick God. Sand. Because there was a moment where we were, like, the executives were kind of like, oh, I don't know about Dick Sand, man. Maybe oh. that's not a thing. Like, maybe we it's cut a, that. It's a thing. And I was like, it's a thing. It's Trust a me. Thing. I fall into some Dick Sand. Oh like, God. I fell into some Dick Sand with my husband real quick. I was like, okay. I love you so much. And blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And then, like, you know, you got to, like, pull yourself out of it and be like, wait, 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 what am I doing? Oh, yeah. So you, like, I, I'm so glad you like Dick Sand. Oh, my God. And LTRP yeah. and drink number. That's oh, a, yes, that, drink was a Katie, number. that was a Katie Silberman special. I have to give her credit for that. I mean, before Dick Sand. 
understand there was digmatized. Oh, digmatized. Yes, digmatized. If so. I had known you then, it would have been in the movie, my friend. I love <laughs> digmatized. No, but I like Dixon because it's new. I've never heard Dixon before. It, I know. I, like, I had never heard yeah. either. We just like made it up. It was like a crazy it thing. It works. And, and, it's, and it's, more of a, it's more of a full direct pun, really. Yeah, because exactly. It's, it's like, you know, it, it, works, it works better. So, so kudos to that. You were almost in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> if only I'd known her then. Do you have any questions about Dick Sand, Rebecca? No, I think I figured it out. No, you got it? I think I figured it out. <laughs> it's it's so... one of those things where, you know, when you're growing up and, and so many people fall victim to quicksand and then you grow up and nobody actually... That's a, that's some comedian's joke I'm stealing. <laughs> I feel like that's how I feel about this. <laughs> but that might be my unique perspective. <laughs> oh, and the uh, the drink number that she mentioned, by the way, uh, is a is a, is a thing in the movie that like, what's your drink number before um, you will just have sex with whoever you're with? Uh, like, well, how many how many in do you have to be before you suddenly you're like a sexual menace to whoever's around you? <laughs> uh, which what's I think, yours? Which I think is also a thing. Like, oh, it, oh, it depends how much I've had to eat. <laughs> <laughs> The night that I was with Dana, I had nothing to eat, so the number was one. <laughs> uh, but fortunately, there were there were yeah, it was just me and me and Dana hanging out in her uh, in her suite. So it was just us having some girl talk, which is a safe space to have your drink number met. <laughs> so this next clip, you guys talk about how this uh, movie is funny for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, as I was saying earlier, the thing about how you know men, straight dudes, find this funny as well. Uh, here we uh, we touch on that a bit. There were this there was this line of like bros behind me, the screening I saw that they were their girlfriends. Oh good, tell me what happened. And like every scene it would start to like hit that kind of beat that they were expecting, they would start to go like, oh and then some joke will come through the last minute and they're like, Oh And we flipped it on them. We did a flipperoo. You know, the funny thing about this movie and like it's it's gonna be a really ballsy weekend because you know, Deadpool's coming out and Mm -hmm. like whatever. And so you're sort of like you you assume this movie's just for women, but I have to say, like we we tested the movie and it tested so well. We were all so excited. And the weirdest thing we saw was that it tested really high with men. Hmm. And we were kind of like, what is that? Like how is that possible? And you know, I asked my husband, I said, why do you think men like this movie? so much and you know he leave it to him he's uh, like he's a very sophisticated intelligent caveman I mean I love him so much but you know he's a total dude and I and you know he said a bunch of things but then he goes you know I think it might just because like watching Rebel Wilson make pussy jokes is kind of like watching a teddy bear make dick jokes it's just really funny <laughs> and so I was like god bless you I think that might be why guys like this movie so much it transcends gender it so does. it transcends all of it, it does. yeah it does. so there you go man <laughs> <laughs> you too will enjoy how to be single. Uh, so in this next bit, uh, I bring up the subject of Ben and Kate, uh, which, as I mentioned earlier, was the Fox sitcom that Dana created, uh, starring Dakota Johnson. And uh, and it's a still, you know, it's, it's a it's a sensitive subject, uh, uh, but she is game to discuss it and kind of offer a bit of an insider's view. Of, uh, of what it's like to be a, a showrunner in the age of the death of network television. Before we go, I just want to say that I watched every episode of Ben and Kate. Oh, you did. Everyone, as they were airing. <laughs> I love you so and much. As they were airing, you were like one of the 17 people who was watching it. I love you. Well, you want to know what the irony is, too. Is that Well, I have, I have sort of a feeling about why that was canceled and why it didn't work, is that we were the very last network show mm-hmm. in the year when, I call Wait, it the year it? of the sixth sense, where uh, network TV didn't know it was dead yet. It right. was like Bruce Willis having dinner with his dead wife, <laughs> and it didn't know yet. It was right. like, oh, 
ratings still have to be like friends. And if it doesn't get a friend's rating, it's not mm. real. And, you know, we got canceled for ratings that shows get picked up for now. Because yeah. people really now yeah. have acknowledged that they're, that people don't watch television live in the same way that they did before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was sort of a tragedy of, like, just the last boat out or whatever. But, you know, at the end of that, we sort of all said... Um, you know, because I was sort of crying. It was my first real work heartbreak because I loved yeah. all those people so much that I was working with. They were all so talented. And I knew yeah. that we had tricked Dakota Johnson. We had tricked a movie star into being in our TV show. <laughs> and we sort of said to ourselves, like, we're going to do so much cool stuff in mm. the next few years that we're going to be grateful that this show got canceled. And so Dakota and I said, we're always going to work together. We're never going to stop working together in life. And this was literally the next thing I asked her to do. So mm-hmm. we've sort of made it We've made it matter. But thank you for caring about it and oh, liking yeah. it. And if it had been on after, let's say, Modern Family, Family, right. it, might have, it might have been in a better place and Probably. I think maybe it just didn't belong before New Girl and did we, you see there's a reference to it on SNL like a week or two ago did you see that really yeah there was um, there was a reference they referred to Dakota as Kate from Ben and Kate oh my god I yeah. love that that's so weird <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, on SNL yeah on SNL what I was were they trying to figure about? out what sketch it was and there was a reference to her I can't remember what the context was but they were just like referred to her as Kate from Ben and Kate and I thought to myself because oh was going to be talking to you so I was like I need to tell you have about to tell me that's so funny because it's like the idea that you're going to refer to her as that instead of Fifty Shades it's like the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. I love that show, goddammit. Yeah. I mean, it was like too much heart for television. Like we we had to be murdered. We were just like a we were like too we were just too sweet for TV. It was too sweet for life. But it was re- I, it was real. It was like so full of love. We all loved each other and I love my brother and it was like totally about my crazy brother. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Well, thank you so much. I love you. So I am so jealous of this time you had. This is a fantastic interview. (laughs) Wish I could have been there. She sounds like so much fun to hang out with. She is a blast. She is wonderful. And I, yeah, I'm in love with her. (laughs) Uh, So there's a lot more to this interview, actually. So uh, she and I did a follow-up phone call the next day to cover some more points. And since the quality of that phone call recording sounds like a phone call... Uh, I have transcribed parts of it, which you can find on our website, thebinge.us. That's the binge, one word, dot us. Uh, for more of my discussion with Dana Fox, writer-producer of How to Be Single. Uh, this week, we're going to have a second podcast that comes out with the other three movies that come out this week, Deadpool, Zoolander 2, and Where to Invade Next. So be sure to stay tuned for those. Um, thank you so much for listening. As always, if you're listening on iTunes, be sure to subscribe. If you're listening on an Android device, uh, you can find us on Stitcher. And I guess you've probably already found us if you're listening on your Android device, but we're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud. Um, do you need another one? <laughs> what more? Do, come on, guys. Like we, we give and give and give. <laughs> do we have to give more than that? <laughs> Tough shit. We're not going to. Um, you can find Jason on Twitter at the Jason Leroy, and I'm on Twitter at Fight Balance. Um, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Our thanks to Dana Fox for sitting down with us. She is the best. Bye bye. Bye. Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. You made it to the end. That's amazing. There goes the binge. <laughs>